Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 28. Alex Anthony is on the podcast and Mark's actually the first time we have a pro slash ex-pro athlete on the podcast. Alex and I have been friends for a couple years now. We met up because of film. We had a mutual friend that put us in contact with each other. He was working filming uh, some football. He's an ex-pro football player. I was obviously working doing uh, the Toronto FC documentary series. I realized that we had some similarities and that we should grab a coffee. He's a really great dude, uh, at AlexAnthony underscore 83 on Twitter, at AlexAnthony underscore 83 on Instagram. Hold your judgment. I know he has a first name for a last name, but I promise you, you will not regret this decision. Stringer News. Very quickly, let's try this one more time. Stringer News. ESPN is going to air the first eSports League final match ever in prime time. That's right, on July 27th, they'll be the first TV network to air a professional gaming contest. They will be playing Overwatch, a cartoon first-person shooter created by video game developer Blizzard. Didn't Blizzard do... Did they do World of Warcraft? I think that might be the only Blizzard game I have ever played. The primetime broadcast is a test to see whether esports needs television or the other way around. Some argue the esports industry has been eating up traditional sports viewership. And I'm on the fence here. And this is where you d- we all hit the time in our life where we're like, kids these days, you know, back when I was young. And this is exactly one of those opportunities. Yeah, I, I haven't been uh, huge on Twitch. Um, I, I kind of surf it a little bit. I have friends that do things on it. When I watch someone else play video games, it reminds me of being a kid and my brother hogging the controller. Honestly, I, I don't. Can someone, I would love for you to reach out. Try to help me understand what I'm missing here at Stringer Podcast on Twitter because I want I want to see I want to understand that this is a big deal, and I I do appreciate the fact that it probably takes them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to be very, very good at a video game, but are we really going to gather around our TV sets on July 27th, and this is what we want to watch on ESPN? Have you have you played Overwatch? I think I can't remember the last video game. Like aside from normal sports games, I don't know. Maybe one of the Assassin's Creed games is one of the last ones I've played. It's interesting though. It's neat to see the development. It's it's neat to see the evolution. I just don't know if I'm gonna be on board. This is a bit of a rushed intro for me. I'm trying to get this out. Uh, Dylan and I. You know Dylan because he technically. He's the technical producer. He technically produces. (laughs) He's the technical producer on a lot of the podcasts. We're actually jumping on a flight to L.A. in just a couple hours. And so we thought we'd do a Stringer Big Weekend L.A. style. Kicking it off on Friday night, what gets more L.A. in the summertime than an Angels versus Dodgers game at Dodgers Stadium? This is totally a Dylan pick, isn't it? This weekend features a classic matchup between the two Los Angeles teams in another edition of the Freeway Series. Catch recently named MLB All-Stars Mike Trout, Matt Kemp, Kenley Jensen, and all of your other favorites. Stick around after the game for the Friday night fireworks at the ballpark. Now, how am I going to? I'm traveling already today. How on earth am I going to get tickets? Oh, look. Dylan left me another note. Go to SeatGiant.ca or SeatGiant.com, type in whatever city you're traveling to in North America, and then check out the listings of what you want to see. Oh, look, there you go. They got Angels and Dodgers tickets for you. And great seats. To sweeten the deal, if you use promo code STRINGER, which I'm going to right now, you save an extra little discount on your ticket purchase. If you're not a baseball fan, that's cool. They have concert tickets, festival tickets. They have other sporting events as well. 
They have theater. Whatever you want to do, Seat Giant is your hookup. All you got to do is go to SeatGiant.com, type in the city that you're in, and then look through their listings or search for one yourself. And if you want a little extra money off, use promo code STRINGER SATURDAY. You can't go to LA without taking in some real solid stand-up comedy. Saturday, the comedy store, best of the store with Chris D'Elia, Mark Maron, Neil Brennan, and Sean Polovsky. That's right. Saturday, get your ass down to the comedy store. I'm going to tell Dylan this is what we're doing. 8433 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. Now, Sunday, Sunday's the LA Food Fest, Sunday, fun day at Civic Center Studios. That, I promise you, is taking me like four times to get right. Grab a friend, celebrate the best day of the week, uh, kind of the best day of the week, and get your sip and shop on while meeting and supporting some of our favorite hand-picked food trucks, chefs, local crafters, and makers. Do a little making and crafting of your own. I don't know if that's a real sentence. Tickets are required, but it is a free event. Just go to Eventbrite and you can get your free Tickets, past month's themes have included Ice Cream Social, Hello, Clean Made LA, and this month's Sunday Fun Day features burgers and beer. They knew I was coming to town. They prepped it just for me. All right, that's enough chatter for me. Alex Anthony coming up, former football player, Grey Cup winner, West Coast liver, at least that's where he grew up. And you can listen to him here, but first, the sacks. <laughs> No, I good. always sit here. A little water too. A little water if you want to get some water. The Watsky is in. This is great. Oh, I need it because I talk too damn much. Mm-hmm. And this actually allows me to see the clock too. Mm. So I know if I push do. True, true. I'm like, oh, we're on hour seven right now. I can tell that. Sorry, I'm going to wrap it. Yeah, I've got to go home. You've got people at home that like you. So that's no, the I know. Are we are we rolling right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always wondered. I knew I knew you'd ask. Yeah. Because I knew you'd know. Yeah. That we kind of have that that soft rolling yeah, easy no, start no, into the podcast. But like it, it just it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Comes. Like I've listened to so many of your podcasts now and like. Oh, whoa! Slow down. Thank you. But slow down. Are we rolling yet? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Alex Anthony on the podcast. How's it I going? feel like I've wanted to set this up. Actually, right about an hour before you got here, I was talking excitedly about you being here, and I told the story that when we went to Latvia, I wanted to bring my podcast gear with me because I wanted to have this conversation when we went to Latvia, and it may have been the fact that between finding out we were going and actually leaving was about 40-odd hours, <laughs> or the fact that we had a full day of interviewing in Toronto on a different project, before we got on a plane and flew overnight to Latvia. Somewhere in there, I forgot about the podcast gear. This is, you fill a very special spot if I have like a roster of podcast guests because you are the first pro athlete to be on the podcast. And then Jeff Garriock, I'd say you're the second filmmaker. Like I don't want to disrespect Garriock because he's so great. He does kind of lean himself towards being a DP, Mm -hmm. but then so do you. So maybe I just say, just throw it in the air and say second DP or one and a half filmmaker. I don't know how many, but you like, you're this wicked intersection of the two things that have like commanded so much of my life between sports on the one hand and film on the other hand, which one came first? I would say 
both of them maybe started at, at the same time, but I first realized that I wanted to be an, an athlete first. Yeah. I, I grew up in, in BC where you were always outside. You're always playing sports just because it's nice all year round, which is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. We know about that here in Ontario. Yeah, 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 Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. So, you know, whether it was baseball, basketball, football, golf, track, you name it, whatever, it was always outside, always, always playing. And then I, f- I found myself really intrigued with sports docs and mm-hmm. sports features and America's games and NFL films. And mm-hmm. I would, and I would, I would, I would watch all these, all these films because I wanted to learn more about these athletes that I wanted to aspire to be one day when I was older. And looking back now, I, I realized that me being so invested in those sports docs, in those stories of the athletes kind of propelled another, another passion later in life. It's funny they bring it because sports docs kind of got into my life without me realizing and film even now that I tell the story, whenever I tell people, you know, I don't have a favorite film, but when I rhyme off my favorite films, a lot of them have similar themes. A lot of them deal with things that I've dealt with personally in my life. A lot of them allowed me to emote through them, right? right? Where I was for what, because you're like, whatever, a 12 year old boy, you're not exactly discovering all the corners of your emotions, but these films would allow me to be happy or be sad or I think of you know, great sports films where you get a little, you get a little misty, like you get a little teary. And I realized what I loved about it is I love the underdog receiving the recognition he's always deserved. And these were all things that for one reason or another in my life, I wasn't feeling fulfilled in. And so I was able to experience things through them. But I would imagine so those everyone it's like, it's in the description. If you didn't read the description, there's an issue, (laughs) but Alex was uh, a pro football player, a world champion. Yeah, well, Cana- football Canadian, Canadian champion. Yeah. I just saw that today was so we're recording this a little bit early. Today was the when we're recording this was the Washington Capitals parade, okay. right? Stanley Cup parade, yeah. and I kind of thought it was neat that they put world champions on the side. I think of their buses. Right. They said world champions, and so I just I want to use that a little bit more often. <laughs> I like the idea of world champion. It's a lot better than. I don't know. I don't want to be so narrow. On that day, you were a world champion. Yeah. The Super Bowl wasn't for another yeah. few months. Well, no one else in the world was playing Canadian football. No. Right. At that, at that point, right? Right. You're the <laughs> world champion of Canadian football. But what I find interesting is that sports and the arts aren't exactly intersecting career choices, yeah. especially if you're a teenage boy. Right. How are you dealing with it? Because I believe you got into film, even though you said you discovered it later in life, you still got into film at a young age, yeah, right? Yeah. You, your parents encouraged that. Yeah, yeah. So my dad would always have the video camera and my mom would always have the camera. And no matter what we were doing, everything was documented, which, which, which at, you know, at the time you'd be like, you know, like, like you kind of get frustrated because your parents mom cut it out documenting everything it's like pose for another picture. mom i want to go play that's exactly what, right? what happened yeah. my, that was my mom too um, yeah Never so i think you know just kind of being surrounded by, by that all the time it starts to become a part of you and you know you you appreciate capturing the moments and documenting the moments but that, that was that was my entire childhood that's that's actually up until now my, my mom still still <laughs> takes photos of everything mine too mine yeah. just isn't on her cell phone now no i know yeah I my know. mom she's like it yeah. must be just filled with photos of my mean mug oh yeah because she loves taking photos on her cell phone now yeah. which I, I long for the days of film because at least there's a price attached I to know, each of those photos we, like my mom would still take thousands of photos and we have thousands <laughs> and thousands of photos and now that she's gone digital yeah i don't know where these photos live no they are they're or even some, if she sees them ever again i know i know but yeah i know she's gonna use them someday <laughs> um, it's your wedding day just you wait book yeah yeah special book of just me 
It's 863 pages long. Yeah, I know. It's really impressive. I know my girlfriend will like that. It'll be it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is when he turned 11. You're like, oh, I've been here for three hours I already. Know, I know. Um, but the, the the actual film side of things, I think I first started back in high school, back yeah. in grade. I think I think it was maybe grade grade nine or ten. But my best friend's dad was was the first guy to get a Mac. And oh wow! Yeah, so, like ever. Uh, out of out of our <laughs> out of our friend, he was actually customer zero zero one. He was yeah. customer one. Yeah, on Apple dot com. No. <laughs> yeah, so he he was he was the first one out of out of, out of our friend group um, who was whose parent got uh, a Mac and, and it was a big Mac desktop and he, he was he was always the first person with with all the coolest tech and the latest tech so I, I remember we would get our practice footage our, our game footage from football in high school and me and my buddy would would hop on our bikes and bike bike back to his house rip rip these DVDs on onto his dad's new new computer upload the game footage upload the practice footage into iMovie and just start experimenting with what if what you know different different songs different music oh my and, goodness and just and just the, you know the uh, different ways that you can ma- manipulate and tell tell a story yeah uh with an iMovie and adding a lot of awful transitions and of course totally and, star wide effect oh, talked star about that. Yeah, yeah star wide's really good it was just so interesting and intriguing to see you know just playing playing back and trying different different ways to to cut something with with different music and just the different emotions you you, you would feel depending on if it was rap music or rock music or strings or whatever and, and I just I was just so so intrigued with that but my mind was always still I want to become a pro athlete this is just a, a side thing that, that I that I enjoy doing in my, my spare time there becomes a time where something goes from being fun like you could be serious about it right. to there actually being a switch that's flicked that says oh I actually might be able to do this do this right for work, and I remember for me in my line of work, yeah, sure, I did some editing, I created some videos, and and I thought I had a certain talent for it, but it didn't come until much later of doing these things over and over again right. that I realized, no, 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 I think I have something that most don't, like that will allow me to carry this from a hobby into a career. When did that happen in football? So I remember... Growing up, I had uh, my mom bought me uh, this flex pass for the BC Lions, and I, th- I think I might have been 12, 12 years old at, at, at that time. And uh, I was I was so excited because it, it was it, it was it was for the following season, and uh, you know I I had I had gone to a couple games at that point, but but now to have you know I think I had 10, 10 tickets to take you know whoever whoever wanted to x amount of games for the next season and i met a couple players after one of the one of the, one of the first games that i went to and this is my first experience meeting a professional athlete uh and and just and just the fact that these guys took a couple minutes of of their, of their time just to speak a couple w- words of wisdom mm-hmm. you know sign sign a bunch of stuff i, I would always have uh, you know flags and jerseys and, and all this stuff and a couple of the guys told me you know hard hard work pays off and i know that sounds a little little cliche it, it's it, it's obvious very sports thing i know very sports thing yeah, yeah, very sports thing sports. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sports yeah just those like just that little that little thought and, and just that that little saying one time after lions game kind of propelled me through uh youth football through high school football through university knowing that you know even 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 when when it when it gets hard you know the harder you work regardless of what happens you will achieve something you know, and and whether it's making it pro, whether it's getting drafted, whether it's having a great uh, college career, the decisions you, you you make to to you know to pursue one thing will ultimately open doors for for something else, and that's well, that's what what happened in my story. But 
You didn't know as a kid you were good enough to this be pro. True. Was it in high school that you're like, okay, I'm leaving a lot of these guys in the dust. Like I followed a lot of athletes, a lot of hockey players through their teen years. Right. And at a point, you can point them out and be like, they're by far the best stinking player on the ice. And well, they get to pro and they're just kind of average. Right. But when you, when you go back to their hometown and when they're young, right. you stand out over like someone like me who didn't like running or catching or throwing. <laughs> going, going back, um, I, I started playing football in, in grade three. This is actually the first summer in 20 years that I haven't had football. So that's... It's wow. kind of kind of refreshing and exciting. But um, going back in, in, my, in my first year, I, I played linebacker and I played fullback, mm-hmm. two hard hitting positions. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first year, whenever I would get hit or make a hit, I'd start crying. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was hilarious. Me too. It, yeah, yeah. So except I did that um, last year. <laughs> so then uh, I I transitioned to to quarterback the following year, and I played I played quarterback from grade four all the way through until grade eight when I made the uh, city all star team. And the coach at the time, who ended up being being my coach all the way through junior and, and through high school, Mark Townsend, um, knew that I played baseball as well, and that I, I was a center fielder. So he wanted to try me out at, at receiver. I said, okay, sounds good. I mean, like I, I've I've played quarterback, and, and that's all I know. But I know how to run, and I, I know how to catch a ball and we were we were playing in in vancouver i think it was at south delta and i made i made one one catch in in that game and i'm not sure the the moment in the game but uh my quarterback jordan pole who ended ended up being my quarterback for the next six or seven years he was he was rolling left and i made a, a double move and was just running all the way down the field he he threw it up and I, if, if, at first I'm like, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm not going to catch this. This is just, this is just way too far. And I just kept running, kept pumping my arms and then just left, left my feet and just dove and mm. the ball. This is, this is back when I, I didn't, I didn't wear gloves as a receiver. No, yes. So I actually had good hands <laughs> back then. Uh, but yeah, I, I somehow made this sprawling diving catch in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think I was 12, I think it was 12 or 13 years old, old at the time. It was a big touchdown. Everyone went crazy. Uh, a couple of my teammates ran to the end zone. We celebrated and stuff. And then I remember coming back to the sidelines, and my coach said, "That is that like like that right there is a, is a college catch." Hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool, okay. good to know." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, at that moment, I I knew I wanted to be a receiver because yeah. I because I knew that I, that I could do it, and, yeah. and I had the confidence. And especially after making the catch, and after those few few words from from my uh, coach, I was I was ready to go all in. I, I can't obviously relate to it again in sports but i can in tv and in film where you can be trying at one thing and you can be okay at at something mm-hmm. like i started out as uh, in writing as a writer and then i moved i got moved to being a reporter and then i went on camera right. and i th- i don't think i was terrible but i remember when i did my first documentary right and just feeling in that moment i was like oh no this is where i belong Right. It's just, yeah, I can do this other thing, but I have an actual talent here and and I can hopefully knock on wood if everything goes well. (laughs) I can carry myself a lot further in this new role than this role that I originally thought I was going to be at. Is that is that a a good comparison? Yeah, I I think I think so for sure. You know, growing up wanting to be an athlete, you know, you you think that you're going to have this illustrious career, anything is going to last forever. But then, uh, you know, one one day your career is over and, you know, you're in your in your 20s and you need to find find something else because, you know, especially football. I mean, if, if you're if you're if you're a golfer. You can you can play yeah for a you long can play through seventy ish. It's think, amazing. I, I think the the average pro football career is I think around two and a half years. 
Holy so smokes. that like that is nothing. That is nothing. And I think it's a season and a half in the NFL. It's it? even shorter than the no NFL. No way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's and it's wild because you spend your youth and you spend so much time trying to get to this specific mm-hmm. thing, this specific moment, and, and 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 play a long pro career, but then it doesn't happen for a lot of guys. And it, and I was and I was one of those guys, but luckily I had something else that. I was also passionate. You know what's interesting is that you actually took this a different direction than what I meant, okay. but I love the way you took it. Okay. I was speaking, I was drawing a parallel from being a quarterback to a receiver. Uh, and then you actually drew the parallel when you heard it yeah. from your playing career yeah. into your post-playing career, right. which is really stinking cool. And I want to go there, except I'd be a giant dick <laughs> if we didn't talk about that first massive ring that you own. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't skip over what... To an outsider, at least, seems to be the pinnacle of your playing career. Right. And that's being the best in the world in Canada. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're at Laurier. Yeah. What was, before we get into your pro career, the only thing I know about uh, like post-secondary university athletics is what I see coming up from the NCAA in the States. Right. Right. Where it is a religion. Mm-hmm. Like people go to one of two places in the South. They either go to the stadium on a Sunday or they go to the bathroom and then back to their seat at the stadium on a Sunday. Right, right. Right? It's so, they're doggedly religious about it. What's it like in Canada? Like there there definitely is aspects of that, um, but not quite the same feel as, you know, an Alabama or a Texas. But it is is still special because, you know, you're you're going on the field to to play football and to play with the guys around you and to play for your school. Like for 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 me, it didn't it didn't matter how many people were in the stands, but you know for for Lori homecoming, we we would we would pull in ten twelve thousand people. Holy smokes! Which which a kid coming from the the only high school football team in, <laughs> in, in, in Victoria to playing on national TV in front of twelve thousand people is pretty pretty special. Pardon the question. Were you guys good? At yeah, yeah, we were. Like, was we, it a good team? It, it was I, a I, good I'm team. sorry, I don't yeah. follow like <laughs> uh, oh, you university football. football yeah, yeah. However many years ago. Yeah. But you guys were a decent, you'd call a decent team? We were, yeah. Yeah, no. I think in my in my first year, my first or second year, so 2009, 2010 might, might have been our strongest years. We, we lost in the in the semis, in, in the OUA semifinals three years in a row. Holy. Heart, like heartbreakers too. Heartbreakers. Oh, did it go to penalty kicks? It did not go to, it actually, it's, it, uh, no. It <laughs> you tried to spin it. I you did. tried to make I it did. work. I did. I'm a sportsing person. Did yeah. it go to penalty kicks? Tell me, son. It's football, dude. Yeah. Another no, football. My, uh, I think that, yeah, 2019 at, at uh, Laurier was, was probably the best one that I, that I played for. Just, 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 just thinking back to the guys that, that we had, I think there ended up being quite a few guys to go to, go to the CFL from, from that team and you know it was, it was just kind of my my first experience coming from high school playing against guys that were you know 21 22 years yeah. old and everyone was big everyone was fast you know back in high school there's like a few people that kind of stand out per team yeah and then that kind of narrows itself down to all these collegiate teams where everyone was was their high school all-star or the best player in their city or whatever so uh you know the uh, game was a lot faster and, and there was a lot more required but i had, had an incredible time and mm-hmm. uh you know I, I was i was a i was a big oregon ducks fan growing up mm-hmm. uh because my junior coach and high school coach he had season tickets so he was an oregon fan would always wear oregon gear had oregon oregon stuff on on, on his car so all of us growing up we all became oregon fans yeah and, and, we, and we'd always go on road trips down down to Eugene to, uh, to 
to watch the ducks play. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was, that was a, that was, a, that was a pretty cool thing. And, you know, it's, it's weird. Uh, BC high school football is, is the only province that plays American football. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 So, you know, we like, we play American field for mm-hmm. four downs, like everything is American. And our first, first game of the year, every year was in the state somewhere. So mm-hmm. either in Oregon or, or in Washington. So, yeah. so to, so to come from that to playing Canadian ball was different for me and like you know having the having the waggle and you know being being a slotback and running w- to the waggle line. a waggle yeah, a waggle a waggle is that a real term it is a real term and it's not just one it of your is, footballer you know, terms no, it is it is a canadian football term no it's yeah. a waggle so a waggle is when one of the inside receivers who, who are off off the ball okay. off the line of scrimmage can 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 have a full full steam run to the to the line of scrimmage before the ball snapped I've seen that seen actually. That, yeah. yeah, and now you know what it's called. Waggle. It's called a waggle. Interesting. I'm going to bring that up next yeah. time I'm at yeah. so Toronto Argonauts there's, game. There's uh, actually a CFL podcast called The Waggle. What a brilliant name. I know. Oh, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Shoot. So you adapted when you went to uh, university. You had to go from four downs to three downs yeah. and play on a. Is it a narrower field? It's a wider field. It's a wider, wider field. field, longer field. Yeah, there's just a, a couple. A couple. Holy smokes, and less downs to get there on. Yeah, but yeah. I guess more room to move around. Yeah, and and for a receiver, it is more appealing too because you have more more passing. Right, more passing downs for sure because you don't. If your quarterback likes you, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. But I, I think I think my first game in Canadian, like playing in in OUA Canadian rules, I I went offside so many times. <laughs> I think I think it might have been three or four times in the first series. Shoot! Was, yeah, that's how yeah. you get yourself stapled to the bench. I know. Unfortunately, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, but luckily that that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So three runs to the conference semis. Yeah, the conference yeah. semis. Yeah. And then you have a fourth year. That's a fourth year, apparently. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I'm a bright young buck. I just got out, and the pros ahead of you. Yeah. That seems scary. Like, is there the same, did you have an agent? Do you have to get an agent? I had, like, how do yeah. you, Yeah. how does someone decide I'm going to go pro? In the CFL and in Canadian football, after your, after your third year of uh, eligibility mm-hmm. in, in university, uh, there is the, uh, the CIS East, East West Bowl. Okay. So, 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 yep. so the East West Bowl is uh, an all-star game put, put on um, showcasing the best players from across across the country but, but then but then also kind of identifying uh the top players for the cfl combine and and this and the cfl the cfl draft happening the the next year mm-hmm. so i i went to the uh i went to the east west bowl in my third year and then uh had had a had a solid solid, uh, solid fourth year at laurier um and then was invited to the cfl combine oh boy yeah yeah which, did it happen at west like it does now like no, in winnipeg no, or something no, it's uh, happened at the university of toronto bubble oh perfect yeah it was great it was it was close yep um yeah i had I had uh, I had a few a few teammates also training for it as well and then you know like you have you have some foes from other other teams playing mm-hmm. against them but but then you end up training with them too so mm-hmm. you know you, you know you kind of go through that experience together there was a handful of us from the kitchener waterloo area you know guys from uh, Guelph guys from uh, Laurier guys from from Waterloo all all kind of training for one specific thing uh, which was to show up on one one weekend run as fast as you can jump as high as you can and and impress as many coaches as you as you can it was a it was a pretty nerve-wracking experience is that the fairest way to do it it's a lot of pressure it is. and you're not that old like yeah. you're what 21 22 at the time Maybe twenty three, but probably yeah, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, I think I think I think twenty twenty one at, at the time. But I, th- I think I think that's that's the best way to kind of 
like even even the playing field too and and, and just make sure that, that everyone does the exact same thing yeah like they also incorporate a lot of uh football drills into it as well mm. uh but I, th- I think i think you know like the button hook the button hook yeah. oh that's who, the one football drill who calls I, know. It the button hook. I don't know yeah, I don't we know. didn't you, flag you, football you did, i think yeah. <laughs> is it not a thing it is a thing is <laughs> yes a thing. yeah yeah clayton won jock 714 <laughs> but yeah no it, it was a it was a stressful weekend you know just because you're you're training for all these linear movements when football is not really a linear game but it is it is a way just just to Make sure everyone does the same thing. Everyone has 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 the same challenges. Everyone's lifting the same amount of weight. Um, but yeah, it, it it was an amazing experience. And you know, you're just always trying to trying to be you know, trying to be the best version of, of yourself for an entire weekend. You know, you're you know, you're meeting all these coaches, all these general managers, and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, it was a like looking looking back, it was a pretty cool experience. And and I was able to go through it with a couple of my buddies, and specifically uh, my roommate. Isaac Dell, who oh, I met also, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, you remember we Isaac. had hamburgers together. We did have hamburgers together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, we we have the same birthday. We we were roommates. You played on the same team. We had had these experiences together. Crazy. Really cool. Yeah. Is that the best day or the scariest day of your life when there's a draft going on and you know your name's in the hat? Like you kind of come have to come face to face with like, am I actually any good? Yeah. Does anyone like me? Yeah. I think. Uh, you know, this is a lot of this yeah. is a lot of sports talk, by the way. Like more than my average, and I hope you don't mind. Oh no, no. But this is something I have never even been close to going through. Right. And so, and we haven't really even talked about it in our friendship. I know. Which is, it's all really intriguing to me. It is. It is kind of refreshing to, to go back and talk about these things because in the in the moment you're just so focused on the next thing that you don't really get a chance to appreciate what what just happened. So it is it is kind of nice to go back and talk about it. Draft day was a really a really cool day you know it's it's this one specifically you know it's it's, it's it's this one day that you've envisioned for a long time and you know you envision that you're going to go to the team that, that you that you that you want to go uh, go for and, and you're going to win a great cup bc lions that, yeah is that yeah, where you yeah, wanted to go yeah, yeah. Okay. so um you know like i i was, and you're win a great cup and you're going to be like the star receiver right right you're going to apply your trade in the best way possible on the highest stage available. Exactly. Yeah. Although I grew up a BC Lions fan, I wanted to play for for any team. And funny enough, I was so I, I was I was back home in Victoria uh, watching the draft with my mom and my sister. And uh, I think I it was the fifth round that my phone started to vibrate. Right. And it was it was a th- I believe a three oh six, which is Saskatchewan. Mm. I was like, no way, this this is happening right now. And then uh, before I answered, I started getting a bunch of a bunch of text messages because I, w- I was watching the live stream, but then I guess online it would pop up faster. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people knew before I knew. Yeah. It, it was also funny too because uh, so Isaac, my roommate and, and uh, buddy, was uh, drafted two spots before me. Holy smokes! To Hamilton, and then my good my my other good buddy Matt Vonk was I think drafted just before me. So I so you know I, I was super excited for these guys yeah. that that I've played with that I've trained with that I've gone gone th- gone through this grind with that you know when when your name pops up on the TV saying that you've been drafted by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders yeah. it, it it takes a moment to sink in but you know my mom's screaming my sister's screaming my phone's blowing up it, it was a, it was a really cool moment and going back to that one BC Lions game that that I went to back as a kid yeah. one guy that I met specifically was Gerard Simon. And G. Roy Simon now is is the all time leading receiver uh, in, Holy in the Canadian smokes. Football League. But but I grew up idolizing this guy. Yeah. And I think it might have been 
a few days or a week before I was drafted to Saskatchewan, he was traded to Saskatchewan. So now I'm a rough rider and I get to be on the team with my childhood hero, which is holy pretty, smokes. Pretty cool, pretty Who, cool he thing. made it past the two and a half year he did yeah limit yeah, yeah. He, he had a bit of a he career played, for him played a long time i think i think his first year might have been 1999 1998 wow so yeah no i uh i have i have this photo that i ended up showing him at training camp but it's it, it was both of us at that on on that day when i was 12 and uh oh, that's yeah, so, so neat yeah so no he was yeah it was a it was a, it was a really special moment and, and be able to share that with him too interesting thought when you said your phone blew up yeah. after you were drafted do you think it's cooler now or do you think it would be better in 99 if you you were drafted and you can just kind of live the moment without talking to end every person that's ever recognized your name and have your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the heck in their phone? I think so for sure. To I, go back yeah, or now? Yeah, yeah. No, to to go back um, because uh, every, everyone who you, who you want to share that moment with will either be there or knows knows your phone number. Yeah. You know, rather than having Twitter and Instagram yeah. and all these things too. But, uh, yeah, no, I always, I, I actually just, just... We took science together. You don't remember me? <laughs> Congrats, man. <laughs> he wants to be part of your entourage. I know, I know. But I remember this, I think it was a photo of when Brett Favre was drafted. And, 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 he's, and he's in his bedroom with, with, with his entire family laying on he his He was bed. a linebacker, right? He's quarterback. Yeah, I know. I'm oh, joking. Okay. I, that I was the know. joke. Sports. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. anti-sports joke okay. for the day. Womp, womp. Go home, Clay. But he's uh, he's he's sitting there on on his bed with this massive brick of a phone. <laughs> and it, it, is, it is such an amazing photo. Baker Mayfield, who was who was drafted first overall this year mm-hmm. to the Cleveland Browns, his quarterback. Uh, him and his family on I think the the morning of the draft recreated that photo. Oh my goodness! And it, it, it is it is sweet. Like if brilliant. If if you have a chance, go and yeah, go, go and look it up. But uh, yeah, but yeah, totally go back then. Yeah, when it's not as you can just kind of keep it a little more intimate. Yeah, yeah for sure. Greatest part of your playing careers. I'm going to go through this really quickly, but there's a reason why I want to go through it really quickly. Yes, you played on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yes, you were a receiver. You were very good at what you did. So good that you went on to become the world champion of Canada, right? And, and lift the Grey Cup. Yeah. Highlight of your career? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Definitely, definitely, yeah. It was a highlight for sure because uh, I played a lot of sports growing up. Yeah. So many sports. but had All never, the sports. All the, I love sports. I just, I just, I sports yeah. did all the time. Yeah, but, but it never won anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, like uh, minor, like minor baseball, uh, like I, like I played like I played t-ball all the way through up until um, the week before go, going to Laurier for yeah. for Team BC, and, and I played on Team Canada for for football in in high school just before going to university. And I played all these sports all the time. And you should see the amount of silver, like silver and bronze medals that I have. It's actually hilarious because <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, you know, you just pour your heart and soul into yeah. these sports and, and give everything, and you just fall short all the time and it's just it, and, and it's crushing but you want to you want to have that feeling of the the season finishes the you know the clock hits zero and there's no one better than that team you're on mm-hmm. and that was such a crazy moment to storm the field with with the guys and funny enough uh the riders regina was hosting the great cup that year too holy smokes so it, it was it and they kind of like football out there they, yeah they like uh, a little the, bit regtown they appreciate their cflers yeah yeah, so that was that was an unbelievable week, and just just to be able to, to have that experience there too with all the rider fans, and I had uh, my girlfriend, my mom, my grandma, mm-hmm. my uncle, like like a bunch of people out out there too for uh, for that for that weekend, and uh, it was it was a pretty a pretty amazing moment uh, just to experience that. Confetti what's the one? What's the, the the memory at the forefront 
and and I believe those exist. Yeah. Like so people will be like, oh, I don't have just one memory. The whole yeah. thing was amazing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Because if when you look back in your own mind and you right. think about it, you have one thing imprinted and then the rest of everything else floods in. So I would say that that one moment that I will never forget is my first catch in the, in the CFL. And it wasn't it wasn't a big catch at all. I think it mm-hmm. might have been like six or seven yards, but I was on I was on the stat sheet. And, yeah, and I, had, I had a catch. And then I, I ran back to the huddle. And the and the first guy to congratulate me was G. Roy Simon, the guy who I met Incredible. back back when, when you were I was 12. twelve years old. Yeah, yeah. So to kind of have that, like you know, come back to the huddle, you crouch down for like the next play, and he mm-hmm. looks over and gives you a little dap. It's like wow, that's mm. that's kind of a little full full circle story right there. What's the one moment from the Grey Cup? If that the first thing I say, you were a Grey Cup champion. Yeah, we all know that. What's the first thing from that game? The strongest thing from that game. The, the uh, whole thing was was kind of a blur, but I I think just when the clock hit zero, yeah, and you just don't know what to do with yourself, yeah, you're. I think I might have been screaming like a little girl and just like <laughs> jumping around, running around, and just celebrating with your team. And it was just something that I'd never experienced before to you know, kind of have that have that feeling. The season's done, you're a champ, and no one can take that away from you. Best moment of your career, worst moment of your career of. Uh, and I'm wondering if it's what I think it is. When I got cut. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. That was such a terrible feeling. Such yeah. a terrible. This is, I, I don't talk about it too much. No. Yeah. It was just, it was, you know, you, you play so many sports and like I, I had, I had never been cut from a team no. before. Okay. I purposely so, wanted to yeah. sandwich yeah. your, your best moment, the worst moment. Yeah. yeah. But now put this, are we a year and a half removed from the Grey Cup win? Uh, yeah, so so we won the Grey Cup in 2013, and yep. this this was in November, I guess, yeah, the end yeah, of November yeah, 2013. So yeah, yeah, November 2013, and then this would have been uh, end of June 2015. Yeah, yeah. So so not not uh, too 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 far apart, no. but uh, you know, I had I had a great off season training with my uh, team, teammate Rob Bag. We uh, went into camp that year, and I had I, th- I thought I had a great camp. Uh, we we had we had just finished the final day of two days, so so the, the hardest part of camp was finished. You know, you, you uh, walk in, you're you're excited because you know a, a new a new season's just around the corner. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I, I walked into the locker room, took my helmet off, and I locked eyes with with our with our assistant general manager oh. across across the. Like, there's probably a hundred people because training camp. There's a lot of guys yeah. on, the, on the team at that point. But um, I remember I looked across the thing, and he had a clipboard in his hand, and he and we locked eyes. I'm like. Oh, you know, this is it. So I put uh, put my stuff in, in, in the locker, walked across past all the guys. Uh, was still still in my sweaty practice gear yeah. and walked in and he said, Alex, like, I want to thank you for everything. But uh, we are going to let you go. And you just don't know what to like. You're just defla- you're just destroyed. And it's just what, what do you what do you mean? I didn't really didn't really know how to how to take it. But I but I just wanted to thank him for, for, for that opportunity to you know, a, be a part of the team. And uh, when win a win a championship and you know be a, be a part of rider nation which was such an amazing experience but then uh i think like other than like not not that but uh the next hardest part was packing up your stuff in yeah. in a garbage bag and i think the team was back out on the field doing a walkthrough of some sort and i was just walking on on the outside of the fence with this garbage bag over my shoulder walking back to my dorm room and a fan asked me for an autograph and i was like do you not see what's going on right now so they don't know yeah yeah no they don't know and it was just it was just such a such a weird thing because like playing playing football in the prairies is really really cool like it's it's a really cool experience and uh, just to see you know the sun setting and like the prairie sky and like you're kind of walking away from yeah 
from, from the singing like although it was a it was a shitty moment it yeah. was it was also i was kind of excited to to see what else i had to offer because there were going going back to the 2014 season there, yeah. there were there were there were a couple moments when i would be running out of the tunnel at mosaic stadium like such an amazing atmosphere to play and the fire was going off there's fire the fans are screaming and i'm like man like I wish I had my camera. I wish yeah. I had. Wish I had a glide cam. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this, is, this yeah. is a sweet tracking <laughs> shot of the, uh, of the guys going out. You're such a nerd. I know. I know. So one of us. One of us. <laughs> one of us. You go from saying I don't talk about this often to me asking the most questions about it, <laughs> because to me, uh, for me, it's the point. Uh, I remember. Okay, I'll tell you the story. Yeah. I was on. Uh, I was on. I had gone through a really tough uh, tough year and I won't get into all the details but I had had some like my parents split up I had some illness in the family I had a relationship and it just all kind of piled up and I'm on the subway one day and and if you know the Toronto subway line we have two one runs north south the other one east west and I'm on the one heading west and there's a spot just past Dundas West Station where you pop up above ground and everyone pulls out their cell phone and they can check their messages and here I had just been through what I had had been in my life, this terrible, just terrible run of bad stinking luck. And I hear this girl crying and she's sobbing and she's on the phone and, and she says, I just had the worst day of my life. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. And she proceeds to tell who I think I ended up deducing that it was her sister that uh, there was a project she thought was due next week that had to go in today and it's worth a large amount of her mark and then she received test results in another class and she had failed and it was a very important test and then she was in one of her last classes of the day and there was a surprise test which she was not ready for and it just seemed like everything was piled up and I had this realization in the moment that everyone goes through the worst day of their life Mm -hmm. and everyone feels it the same we all go through a worst day of our life. Just what the day is, is different. Right. And so that's why, even though I, I don't mean to drag you through it, it's so relatable because all of us have experienced a moment where we have to swallow, whether it's our hope or, or a certain hope or a certain dream and deal with it with dignity. Yeah. As I believe knowing you as a human, I know you did. Right. And with sincerity, but then you have to, whether it's in the walk off the field with a garbage bag, or if it's when you wake up the next morning or in the coming week, you have to face the reality that there's a new day tomorrow and we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. So was it re- was it that prairie sun setting? Because you paint a picture, something that you and I understand very well, because I could draw the stinking storyboard right. and, and, and see the guy walking off into the sunset with the field behind him and his future ahead of him. Right. Was it truthfully that moment? It, it was. Really? It you was. saw it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so impressed. Yeah. No, it takes I, me at least an hour. Like I... I <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I... Uh, I had wanted to be a professional football player for as long as I can remember. And then I'm, I'm not sure where it started to, to switch that I wanted to find something else. I, I, th- I think maybe once you start to introduce the business into the game it is, is kind yeah, of when I started, started to lose, lose that fire and passion a yeah. little bit. I knew, I knew I had more to offer, but I didn't want to let a lot of people down that it kind of cheered me on all the way up until that, that point. So even if I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't happy or like I was, 
you know, frustrated with how things were going. I, I wanted to do it for, for, for them sometimes yeah. more, more so than I wanted to do it for myself. So then I kind of, after I was cut, I kind of saw that as a moment to say, Hey, you know what? Like this, this was out of my hands. Yeah. I can make the change now because yeah. someone is almost, so they've almost opened the door for you right? to right. leave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was uh, tired of, you know, letting someone else determine what I was going to do with, with my life. And, you know, whether it was, um, you know, like after I was, after I was released, I would, I would get phone calls, um, uh, from different teams saying, Hey, like we're going to bring you in for a trial. We're going to, we're going mm-hmm. gonna, to sign you on Friday. And then everything would always fall through last oh. minute. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm done with this. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see what else is, what else is out there and what else I have, I, I have to offer the world. And, um, that is when after I was released, my, uh, girlfriend had moved from Kingston back to Toronto to mm-hmm. start her new, her, her new job with the Canadian cancer society. And she had moved back to her parents' place for the summer because I was going to be in Regina for, for the, for the yep. rest of the year. And we're going to find a place downtown Toronto, uh, after the season. And then she moves home and three weeks later I'm released yep. and I come back to Toronto and then, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to be that boyfriend living in the parents' basement. No. But then, um, I, I took, I took that moment to, to go back home, back, back home to BC, the you know, place where I left in 2009 and, uh, left to go play college football and go and go pro. And, uh, up, up until that moment, like I hadn't been able to go home a lot and, yeah. and just go home and just be with friends and be with family. So I went, I went home for the rest of the That's summer. guy code for drink. It if is. anyone's wondering, drinking yeah, golf. when it, you're drinking like, golf, yeah. yeah, when I say be with friends and be with family, yeah. you know, them six beers deep already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I went, I went home to BC that, that summer and one of the first video projects I worked on. So, so kind of leading up to this moment, I, I had taken the off seasons to kind of, um, you know, start, start developing my craft in video storytelling. Yep. So my, like, uh, I think in my, my fourth year university, my mom bought me a GoPro for my oh, birthday, amazing. which was amazing. Like I brought on family vacations, film videos of, of, of my dog. Like Backflips and swimming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was amazing. And then in second year university, I bought my first DSLR. It was a Canon 60D. I bought it. My guy, shot, Canon. Box deal. Ooh. It was great. Really? Yeah, Smart was, man. Yeah, it was great. So then I, uh, I started filming events at school. I started filming like our women's flag football tournament, the powder puff stuff. I would start filming training videos and how the videos for, for friends and teammates of, of, you know, other, other sports. Uh, and then kind of progressively through my, my time with the riders since playing the CFL, you're kind of six months on six months off. Yep. You want to, you want to try and gain experience outside of your sport with, with a company of whatever, but a lot of people don't give you the chance sometimes because you're going to be, you're gone. only going to be there you're a couple months, a couple months. Yeah. So I, I so never thought of that before. It's really tough. Yeah. That makes complete sense, yeah. but I've never thought of that yeah, before. Cause you know, like it's, it's a long season. You finish the end of November, you want to take December off yeah. and, then, and then you, then you get into your training April, you have to go away for mini camp and then right. May you're heading back to training camp. So, you know, there, there isn't a lot of time to try other things. So Megan, my girlfriend and I were, were living in Kingston at, at the time. Shout out to Meg. Yeah. She was an absolute doll. Holy smokes. Like, if she can put up with me for more than one evening, she's a winner for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she's she's great, and she was uh, she was working at Queens uh, after she left Laurier. She's working working for the engineering department. So of course, no big deal. I know, I know. So Kingston was was our home for a couple of years. So I was spent six months in Regina, six months in Kingston, and Kingston, uh, amazing city, not a 
huge hub for video production. There's, no, not exactly. No, You're right. No, yeah, I can see yeah. that. They're, they're like, like now there are a few companies doing amazing stuff there, but back when I was there, I think there might've only been one or two, but I took that opportunity to knock door to door on, on all these little small, small businesses in Kingston and just say, Hey, like, can I tell your story? And I'll, and I'll, in exchange, I'll make you a business video. And I think, I think I would, I would get paid a hundred bucks or 200 bucks <laughs> or 300 bucks. And it was amazing. It was amazing to, you know, you're to, the one undercutting the industry. Yeah, I know. Year why everyone wants a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. I kind of took that opportunity to start developing another craft. And then after I was released from, from the riders and went back to BC, the first video I made was a video about myself. Which, which, I've seen that which one. was, yeah, which was like, it was, it was a little, a little tough to tell, but, um, I Oh really? It seemed like you did it fine. Came together, so, no. <laughs> came together pretty good. Hi, I'm Alex Anthony. You may remember me from such films as me, myself and Alex and documentaries like the best football player that ever lived. Big Al. <laughs> Big Al. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. How did I miss that? No, I can't forget that one. <laughs> so you, you went back home and just took a reflective introspective moment I, I did, yeah. and kind of examined your own story and your own journey up till that point. Yeah. And I, I just mainly did, did that specific video because I wanted to share with people that I was more than a football player, that I, that I had this other passion and, and this other fire to me that didn't involve running around and, and catching a ball because everyone in, in my hometown kind of saw me as, as that because I, I was always a sports person. I was always leaving Victoria to, to go play sports somewhere. So I, I just wanted to take that moment just to say, hey, like, I'm, I'm more than a football player. I have, I, have, I have other things happening as well. And just wanted to share my story. And uh, after, after I did that, I, I started to get calls and messages and stuff saying, hey, like, I, I, I had no idea that they, you know, that they had this other side to you, mm-hmm. which, which was refreshing. Um, it, it was really cool. And then the first kind of business thing that, that, that I did after that was I started reaching out to people and businesses and specifically uh, Kyle Scott at the CFL office and said, hey, like, this, this is my story. I played and played for the riders, but I also have this, this other passion of filmmaking. Like, is, can I help you guys out with anything? Can mm-hmm. I can I like, do some tests to see if I'm able to do, do some work with you guys? And um, he gave, gave me a, a couple a couple tests just to kind of put together these uh, little story highlight videos called the uh, best in the league. So I did, I did a few, a few of those projects for, um, for the rest of the year. And then they ended up flying me to Winnipeg for the Grey cup that year. Holy smokes. Yeah. 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 So that would have been the, is that the end of 15? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, which is a crazy, crazy thing because like when I, when I first went back to BC, it was, it was, it was tough to watch any football because you know, you, you see, you see the guys, you see your, your teammates yep. and stuff. And you just, just kind of, although you're cheering them on and, and, and want the best for them, it kind of dig, digs down a little bit and it hurts. But uh, yeah, it was, it's funny that I started the season on a team and finished yeah. it at a gray cup behind a camera at the gray cup. So you end, you end the season uh, at the gray cup, go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to make a massive deal of this, but you end up on another team, but in a different role working with the Argos. And that's when we met Yeah, because hopefully you feel this way, but I felt, I was like, Oh, this guy sees sports the way I do. Yeah. He's just better at it than I am. Uh, Stop. but, but there's something I saw in there that I could relate to. Was it hard going back on another team? Not as a player or was it like quote unquote easy? At first it was, it was definitely difficult. Um, you know, just kind of going from playing against these guys and playing against these coaches to being 
with them in a, in a, in a different capacity. Yeah. It was the best possible transition. The uh, one thing that I struggled with a, a little bit was some of the coaches still seeing me as a player. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of, kind of treating me as a player. I'm like, ah, I'm not one of your guys anymore. Yeah. Like, like I'm your coworker. You yeah. Can't, you can't do that. But well, they love to boss you around. Oh right? yeah. 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 They love to play coach all the time. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, it was great. And, and it was, it was amazing when the season started because I, I didn't realize it, that I would, that I would apply all this football knowledge to something behind the camera. You know whether like I'm gonna go football nerd here, but if it's you know bring it on second second and long backed up on on the 25 quads to the fields, I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like okay, there's you know there's probably gonna be a certain route breaking it you know aiming for 25 yards. I'm gonna run up the field to the 50 yard line, get nice and low because there might be a deep shot right here, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes I I, I I was wrong, but but to have that knowledge of the playbooks and the games and the schemes and the formations. Uh, did 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 wonders in my, in yeah. my first year and just kind of able to uh, capture some really cool moments. I think all of us in life, if you give a shit about your career, and most of us do, we look for our unique insight into something, mm-hmm. and that was yours and that job at the time, yeah. right? And, and that being back, that's that's your key. That's your unique insight. They're like, oh, I have something that not everybody has, and even. If you've watched football for a long time, I still know more than you right. because I lived it mm-hmm. and I had to run these stupid routes. Not stupid, but you know what I mean? Like I, button hooks. The, I had to do the button hooks every time they were undone. <laughs> and if, if there was a slot slant right, yeah, I had to be the slotty slanty guy. Heading, but you you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. th- that gave you a leg up, and that's something we're all looking for: is what's our unique vision, what's our unique voice, what's our unique perspective? Right. How did you see yourself evolve? So you're in this familiar environment, doing something that you have an idea that you're good at, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I'm I'm making videos. Yeah, you know, I'm a videographer doing making video. videos. I'm doing the videos for you. You know, Video videotaper. You're the videotaper, exactly. The pro videotaper. <laughs> And I would, from the first things I saw of yours, I, 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 I could see your talent right away. But you must, on the inside, know your growth yeah. and see how you were able to progress over the course of two years. Yeah, uh, I think at, at first it was, it, was, it was really cool because I had spent so much time on the football field challenging myself physically that it was now I could challenge myself in a different way and creatively mm-hmm. and see what angles, what things I could, I could make with this crazy barbaric sport and how I could slow it down add some emotional music to it mm-hmm. and tell tell a, tell a great story. It is kind of like a formula, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It it's is. just I like, ah, I do a little bit of this and yeah. a dash of that oh, and add a bit of meat and yeah. boom, you got yourself a video. Yeah. But no, just definitely seeing, seeing the progression from that first year. Uh, you know, you, you, you tried different, a lot of things you, you, you would experiment. Uh, I was, I was the, the only person who would press, press record on game day. So, um, you know, I, I had had a lot of flexibility to try different things and kind of grow that way too, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, we I think the, I think we finished last place in, in the CFL in 2016, which is solid. Yeah, which is very solid. The good news is you're only ninth. This is true, right? So yeah. you're still top ten. Top ten. <laughs> top ten. Top ten. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that was that, that was good. Yeah, but, that you know, was great. You, you uh, pour your heart and soul into these productions and these things that you know you want to you want to tell tell the stories of the players and of this team and get people excited and people to come out to the games, and then when the team's not not doing the greatest, it's 
it's tough because the fans just just pull the negative out, yeah. of, out of it too. After the 2016 season, uh, a lot of the coaches got got fired, and they brought in a whole whole new regime. I brought in uh, Mark Tressman and Jim Pop, who were together in Montreal, uh, amazing duo, and and they had done some incredible things mm-hmm. in in uh, Montreal. And they and they came in after free agency the following spring, so uh, spring 2017. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought, you know, like we went through free agency without a coach or a GM. We're like, oh no, here we go. Here again. we go again. Here go the Toronto Argonauts. Ah, yay! Yeah. Sports I know. But then, uh, yeah, but then they came in and changed changed the culture, mm-hmm. like right right from day one. And it was as a as a creative, it was so refreshing to to work with that because. Mm-hmm they set set the standard that no one was bigger than anyone else. So yeah. even if I wanted to request a guy for a shoot, the guys were excited about it. And yeah. and, it, and it was never a big a big ask. It was always okay, yeah, like of course, man, like whatever you need, let's let's do it. And uh as you know, it was it was a pretty incredible journey last year. It's great. You got and another ring. I did. Dude, ring. like yeah. yeah. You had the big Saskatchewan one. If yeah. that wasn't enough, the guy needs two. Yeah. And Argos make like the the worst to best. It went from the bottom of the barrel right to Grey Cup champions. Yeah. And so this was now like your moment. Yeah. Your I don't know why I'm throwing my hands up in the air because it's like it's like your second big win. Yeah. Right. You have the first in your first career. Right. But this is the sec the second coming of Alex. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. It's it's Alex's second coming. Yeah. And he gets a ring for it, but you got to do it in a whole new way. Yeah. That was yeah. That was. Really, really cool to kind of have that experience as a player on a championship team and then also as a member of a staff winning and kind of having a, a, a different perspective. And, you know, all, the, all these emotions that, that uh, I was feeling winning one as, as a player was now my job to capture these moments yeah. and, you know, tell, tell an amazing story and, uh, and just document the incredible journey of the 2017 Argos. Let's nerd out a little bit. Let's go. Let's go a little filmy nerdy stuff. I love it. Uh, if you're gonna pick a couple movies, as I didn't even plan these, I'm just thinking them yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, I'm reading off a sheet. What movies do you relate to? What not type of movies, but but if you're gonna come up with like three or four, what movies do you relate to? And I I mentioned earlier at the beginning emoting through. Okay. Uh, that allow you to kind of open up a different part of your inside. Right. What kind of movies do that for you? Oh man, it's a great question. Um, the, my longtime favorite movie yeah. is The Sandlot. I, oh, we talked about we that. Talked about Remember, you sent me a text. You were like, you used a piece of music that reminded me of The Sandlot. What is it? Where can I get it? <laughs> and I was like, wow, you must really like those kids. I know. <laughs> no, I, that I big damn dog. The great Bambino. <laughs> the salted up. The Colossus of Cloud. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. That <laughs> you have seen it. No. I have, I have, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have a uh, I have I have a t shirt, I have a sandlot t shirt too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. You uh, fit in with those West End yeah, hipsters. I know. I totally. Know. It's great. It, do you have an Atari one? With my cuffed up jeans. Oh yeah, ankles out. I actually I'm pretty you can see it right now. We're both cuffed up actually. It's just you you show a little bit more skin than I do. <laughs> It's those sexy yeah. legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as favorite movies go, Sandlot is yeah. number one for sure. Um, off the top of my head, I, I, I can't. I can't. What do you look for in a movie when you're like I'm? I will say this unabashedly. I like blockbusters. Yeah. Damn it! Like a lot of people, especially in the film industry, will be like, "Oh well, you got to like these little art films that are shit." <laughs> I like a blockbuster film. And then there's a very special type of blockbuster film 
that occurs where you have this giant budget. And I don't think giant budget is the devil. I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then they also have this really neat theme. And, and thematically, you have a real concise line. And then you have this third element that gets thrown in that no one can predict. And that's when something really crazy happens in the world. Right. right? And, and, and it could be good. It could be bad. But for whatever reason, it just cements some of those movies into our consciousness. And that, to me, is like the perfect storm when when everyone becomes aware of an issue as it's kind of being told in a story, which as we know has been planned for four years in advance. It's not like they actually knew that or was riding off the back of it. And there's a little bit of budget behind it. So you have, you know, actors and directors that you enjoy seeing. I am a sucker for a blockbuster film. And I will even see the one I saw Transformers 19 or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> and I didn't, you're not going to say I loved it, but I like sitting in a big theater yeah. with a lot of people and feeling everyone's reaction with me. Right. I mean, that, that, that was, that was kind of like when we watched uh, Dunkirk in 70 million. Oh my goodness. Yeah, wasn't that having great? That experience is pretty cool. But also that's, that's why I like hanging out with you because like, there's, I'm a there is, there is a lot of reasons why I like hanging out with you, but the, the I'll the let way, you borrow my the camera. Way, the way you're able to break down movies. <laughs> Be, be, well, thank you. Because because sometimes I I can't express why I like the movie, and like, and like you know why why it, it, it hit me in a certain way. But the fact that you're able to a enjoy them, but also be dissect it mm. and apply it to, to your to your own work is pretty cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, apply yeah. it to my own work in the sense that I would love to make a movie like this one day. Yep. That's how I apply it to my own work. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really cool if I could do something like this one day. I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I, I love I love those. Uh, like I love blockbuster movies. Like I love going to a movie and not thinking about the technical side of things, yeah. and just being so lost in the story, yeah. and, and just wanting to cheer on this character all the all the way through. And I, I I get I get that a lot with sports movies. There's the relatability there too, yeah. though. Yeah. is that yeah. you can put yourself in the shoes of that person for sure because it's a familiar environment. Yeah, Rudy, yeah. Rudy, uh, put Rudy in, oh, coach. So good, man, so good. I actually went went to my first Notre Dame game last year. Oh, with your dad and your brother, right? Yeah, it was great. They, they, oh. Yeah, and they and they had this big Rudy jacket for for sale in the bookstore, and it was six hundred dollars. Of course, it was. Kind of wanted it because but. Notre Dame will always make a buck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> let's I be know. honest. Yeah. They have a very big program to support yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think def- definitely sports sports movies for sure. But uh, the uh, last one that that I saw in theaters was a, a Quiet Place. Oh, we saw that together. We did. The, yeah. yeah. Last movie I saw was with Clayton. Oh, and we saw it quite Dang. Yeah. It was a great date. Yeah. I will tell you what an interesting movie that was, was. because for me, at least here, let me talk. It is my podcast. Alex, just sit down. It was your birthday, right? It was. That was my. Was you took birthday. me. Out, it was the only thing I was backlogged in that crazy major league soccer project. Right, right. And and I would gave up all my birthday plans. And then you took me out to a movie. Yeah, That's right. That Thank you very much. And we saw the, we, we just bumped fists. So I feel like an athlete. Um, what was so interesting that I felt during that movie is that, okay, yes, it's genius or whatever. I don't want to say it's genius, but the monsters have super great hearing, right? They can't see shit, but they have great hearing, which if I'm going to write that on the back cover of a DVD, it doesn't sound awesome. When you see it as an joint audience because everything in the movie is so quiet if anyone crinkles their bag of popcorn you get a little bit of fear on the inside and you want to tell them to shut up because there's a fucking monster (laughs) that's going to eat your soul (laughs) and i think there's something so incredible about a shared experience 
that you can try to plan for and you try to cater to. And I believe that wasn't that was it produced by John Krasinski? Yeah, yeah. I think he produced. I don't I don't know if no, he no, wrote or directed no, by. He uh, directed it. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't Michael Bay, was it? I don't know. I think I, I think question. I think that I, may have produced it. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. But they know what they're doing and being able to know what, what you're doing ahead of time is this brilliant gift. But being part of the audience in this shared experience where you realize everyone else is trying to be as quiet as possible because they are feeling the same thing you're feeling that none of you feel okay with the idea of making a noise, mm-hmm. I think is is magical and it's nothing as much as I love iTunes and I get movies on it all the time and Netflix and TMN on the go or whatever the heck it's called. Right. I or HBO go. I have them all, but I will not get that feeling anywhere else than sitting in a movie theater where I know we're all thinking and feeling the same thing without ever talking to each other. Face deep in a bucket of popcorn face and with you taught me the popcorn peanut and butter M&M's peanut butter M&M's trick which I've been to the movies I think two or three times since yeah but every single time <laughs> Man, it's a game changer it's <laughs> it, salty it is a game changer except now I'm like force feeding twice as much shit yeah. into my body yeah at the same time <laughs> it's why if you haven't seen Alex's actually you know what no you you know who I am we talk probably online somewhere me and listener you listener so you've no doubt seen Alex's stuff because we've teamed up on so much stuff together including all for one the Canadian Olympic Committee video about Hockey Canada or, or the men's hockey team where we got to go to Latvia the golf video that yeah. won an award yeah. uh, last year we teamed up on that together how would you describe your style of storytelling because I think I, I know how I describe it, but I think this is where we meet minds a lot. Right. But how would you categorize your style of storytelling? I don't. I don't know if, if I've ever categorized my my style. Yes, you have. You think so? Yep. I, totally. I think it's on your. I don't know. You've written it somewhere. Really? I've seen it written. You're very good at what you do. Thank you. And you know you're very like yeah. you know there's something that sets you apart from other people who try to do the same thing. And I say this in all humility. Uh, because I don't want to be like a dickhead about it, but like me, we have often watched a lot of other people's work that are of the same income level, let's say of of ourselves. Like we're not looking at HBO necessarily and saying and criticizing them or, or critiquing them, but we can see in a lot of other people, similar mistakes and similar patterns, which I believe your story telling with the tools you've had available and the budget you've had available has broken away from. Right. So what are some of those things that you do that you try to do that breaks away from, from many of your peers that you've seen and not like other people at the Argos, but, but people in similar positions, whether in the CFL or NFL or MLS or NHL or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, especially in the, in the sports world, I've, I've always been so intrigued with who these guys are off the field just also because I knew that, that I had something off the field. So the, like, even, even when, when I was working for uh, a football team, I was, I was more intrigued with these guys' stories off the field, something traumatic that, that happened in their childhood, something unique, you know, whether they're, whether they're into, into music or whatever. Aside from football, those were the things that you know, really got me excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, like football is, is an amazing game. Mm-hmm. There is big hits, big catches, touchdowns, fans, celebrations. There's, yeah. there, there's everything, but it was something about kind of, uh, take, taking the helmets off these, 
athletes and sharing their unique stories. Uh, for, for example, one of them, uh, Brandon Whitaker, who mm-hmm. was the running back for the Toronto Argonauts. Um, he has a really unique story of the Oklahoma City, uh, City bombing. Uh, he, was, he was on a field trip going to visit the building next door in Oklahoma City where, where, where his mom was working. Yeah. And when they were on the way there, the bomb went off. Yeah. And you know, he, he didn't know if his, if his mom survived. Uh, she, she, she did, she did, she did. Yeah. yeah, she did survive. But, but, you know, it, it's just, it's just these unique stories that allow the audience and the fans and the viewers to connect more with the athlete because, you know, especially in the CFL too, like a lot of people will tune in and watch these guys for three hours on, on, on a Saturday. And that's the only, only interaction that, uh, that they have with them. So my goal was, was to kind of peel back the layers and kind of showcase who these guys are off the field. I think, I think that's, that's kind of where, where I found my, my passion that way. The the Brandon Whitaker story, if I remember correctly, it had a really great graphic at the end. I'm I'm thinking back and I don't know, was it did he sign his name on the screen? Because I like the genius behind that, Alex, is yeah. just unbelievable. full disclosure, I did the graphic and I felt oh. really cool because I got to team up with Alex on I something. Was, I was gonna say it was just a sweet iMovie plug in, but Fuck you. <laughs> We need a lousy friend. Thanks, thanks for the thanks for the movie on my birthday. But <laughs> no, eat no, a dick. You, you, I got to play a, play a small part and actually yeah. made me feel really good because yeah. and you saved uh, me. I what? You saved me, man. I, I didn't I, save you. I spent hours trying to figure that out, and you sent it within forty five minutes. I didn't save you. I was just happy because I'm like I got to be a part of a good video. <laughs> Visual storyteller. That's how I. If I were to classify you, you don't use abstracts. You don't dwell too much on on talking heads. Uh, you are a very, very visual storyteller, and that may have been an excellent example because when you had the moment, when there was the moment where you let the viewer know that the bomb went off, yeah. you simply had papers just falling from the sky. Right. You really just set up a camera and threw papers in the air and record it slow-mo, yeah. but it does a couple things. First of all, it shows, uh, in my opinion, a complete emptiness of what that the hollowness of what that that moment would have been right. there's not a lot it's not visually distracting you show a falling from top to bottom which for everyone I don't want to step on toes but unfortunately that is what happened when half the building fell down uh, so it, it, it the motion of it is correct and the simplicity helped me tune into what was being said right. and what I was hearing which it was ringing at the point like yeah. the ringing in your ears yeah but everything you do, it's always visually represented so well on screen. And it could just be, there could be so many, like you, the latest project, the, the, the 15 minute, it's a mini, it's a digital documentary on the Argos championship season, more specifically the run through the playoffs. Even the sound of, of what a team sounds like, like all those, those emotions, those shouting, they're ramping each other up. But you're visually showing what a team looks like and what a winning team looks like by simply showing the ring. Right. Right? You visually tell us. You, we don't need to see the guy yelling. We don't need to have, you know, talking heads on screen. Right. You show us the ring and that, that is the epitome of togetherness right there. It's 55, 53, yeah. d- big room of guys coming together all for one goal. And that was, you know, for the, the, the working title originally was Pull Together. Pull Together, yeah. Pull Together. Yeah for different reasons it had to get changed but 
It was so neat, and it's so neat to watch you tell stories that way because you do sometimes the simplest thing that has the biggest impact, and you are a, yeah, in my opinion, you, not to put words in your mouth, we'll put you in a box because we're all about breaking molds here, <laughs> but you are, are totally a visual storyteller, and, and it, it comes through with your passion for cinematography, for shooting. You call yourself a director of photography, which is awesome. You are an incredible St- like storyteller, creator, producer, uh, director, because you interact with the guys very, very well. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. That's You're really good at what you do. Oh, thanks, Clay. Oh, video no, guy. No problem. <laughs> of the of the stuff we've worked on here, now I'm going to, you can pat me on the back. Of the stuff we've worked on together, what's your favorite? Oh, man. Um, we've done a couple things. We have, yeah. You came in, you shot MLS playoffs with me. I, I, think, I think I shot... Two two games in 2016 with you. Yeah, the semifinals and the finals. Yeah, the semi the semifinal game versus Montreal TFC versus Jeez Montreal Louise. BMO Field. That was that wild was, night. That, that must have been one one of the coolest sporting experiences that, that I've ever had. And, and to be able to you know be right right behind the net, the rain's coming down, pier, piercing through the light, the stadium lights. Yeah. Like you know, as 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 someone who who loves pretty pictures, like yeah. that, like that was an absolutely perfect night. And the fact that TFC was able to pull it off too, yeah. I think with five three aggregate, five three, five three. Uh, no, that was that, that was an aggregate. It was five three, was final. Oh no, what's a five three aggregate? Yeah, it was five yeah. three aggregate. Yeah. Because it was three three. Yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. I've had a championship. So you've had a. How do you remember any of this? Yeah, that was neat. We did also the finals that year. Yeah. We did Argos opening the next year. Yeah. Right? Home home opener. Yeah. Um, we did golf video. We did the golf video, which was awesome. That that, w- that was a lot of fun because there was no client. There was... There wasn't, no. There was no expectations. Well, you were my client, technically. Okay, well, you're my there, I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, no, like, there was... No one could tell you to make an edit. Yeah. Yeah. And we just went out. We went out for... But it was like I think probably an hour and a half on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, just went out and got got the got the final tee time. Played no golf other than hitting hitting a few balls yep. off the tee. But as as the, as the sun was setting over North Toronto, North Toronto. Yeah, we, yeah, we got some. I see. I, I see. You know, some parallels here. What? All big moments in your life start with the sun setting. This is true, man. Yeah, yeah. The night's always darkest before the dawn. Great movie. <laughs> I can't sing. Uh, we've done some cool things together. I think, you know, kind of go, switching back and forth between football and soccer, mm-hmm. two completely different pacing of, of sports and, yes. and, and require a lot of different things, which is really cool. Um, I love the golf one, but also having the experience to go to go to, go to Latvia together. That was wild, wasn't that it? Was, that was unbelievable. That was such a cool experience. It's kind of wild because it all started like, well, no, no, they did start 10 days or whatever before where they did approach you and make sure the budget can line up and all that kind of stuff. But maybe it was the excitement of them getting the green light so late and knowing that we had to just hustle to move and get on the plane or the fact that we're like in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Right. It like freezing cold and we were there for one piece. Yep. We got the green light on a Thursday morning. Yeah. We were prepping 730 AM. 730 AM. I text you saying, Actually, no, no, I, no, I called you Wednesday, asked if you want to go to Latvia. Yeah. And then Thursday morning, we got, got the green light. Thursday, we, Thursday night, we prepped for a big Argos doc interview shoot, which happened yeah. Friday. All day long. All day long. But we also had to pack all the gear that we needed for Latvia because yeah. we hopped on a red eye Friday we, night. To Poland. And to then, Poland. and yeah. then arrived there in the morning and yeah. 
Europe time. They yeah, got another and, flight to Latvia. And thank you for Clay's airline status. Getting, yeah. us, getting, yeah. getting us free bags, free booze, <laughs> lounges at every Wasn't that airport. great? Oh, man. Oh, it makes so, traveling so much. Skip the line, yeah. like the skip the line card. Oh, my goodness. Board first, such priority, a, priority security. Such a great experience. I, I, I almost consider just somehow buying that status. You out. can. You can. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of money. Uh, no. But you can buy status if you want and just be like, that's all I want for yeah. the year. Oh, man. Let's just do it. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think if I, if, if I were to travel more, I, I I'd probably do it i think that latvia that canadian olympic piece is my favorite we've worked yeah. on together yeah only because if you haven't seen it check it out uh it deals with all the non-nhl players that came into play uh the 2018 winter olympics in korea because the nhl had decided not to send their players and if you're in canada or the united states having our nhlers is everything to us especially in canada hockey is everything to us and so they were definitely the forgotten Mm -hmm. they were no one really wanted them there because everyone was just pissed off that the other guys couldn't come and if you recall i wrote an alternate script to send back and we sent it back saying guys what you're saying what you want them to say is kind of harsh can we lighten it up a little bit and good on them yeah for sticking with it because it was perhaps in as short as 60 seconds 60 seconds yeah it is one of the most brilliant pieces i was fortunate enough to work on uh because it was so to the point and it allowed us really as soon as we knew that this was just the job we had to do and and they wanted to move ahead with this script which i was nervous about my job became really easy. It's like, okay, how do I make the player become the most comfortable mm-hmm. with this idea and deliver they, the way we want them to? Right. And it became, actually at that point, very freeing because all I had to do was worry about the words. Yeah, exactly. And what they're saying. But I think it's a mixture between last minute flights to Latvia, the fact that we got to do it together, mm-hmm. the black balsam that we drank, which if you're ever in Latvia buy a bottle and then buy a bottle of Advil at the same time, uh, it's going to kill you. And the fact that there was a piece of me that was unsure of the message in the end, which made me, uh, I think when it came out and came out so dang strong. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was crazy, crazy experience. It was a while. Yeah. And it it was, it was amazing working on, working on that one with you. Oh, it was amazing working with you. I know it was great. You know, we're in, uh, bordering Russia. Yep. In February. In February. February, yeah. 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 And, it was uh, stinking cold. We turned a very nice suite into a set. Yeah. We did a good cool. job with that too, I think. Yeah. That was yeah, that, that was that was a wild trip. And I remember you you were pulling all all nighters too, working on other things. I had other projects. And at the we were same already time. jet lagged. Yeah. And we didn't we, like we were only there for four days. We didn't have enough time to recover from the yeah. jet lag. Yeah, but no, we yeah, no, we still we still managed to go and have lots of Lots of beer, lots of balsam, yeah, lots lot of, of coffee, black balsam. We found some great food. restaurants. Yeah, amazing place. If, if great people. Yeah, everyone was super, super Re- nice. Super sarcastic. Remember that? Very sarcastic. That we were not sure how to take it, and I'm still to this day not sure if it's a cultural thing or not. Yeah. But they're insanely sarcastic, and that's just they aren't insulting you. They're actually just trying to have fun. Yeah. But it was really off-putting at first. <laughs> and then what was that one restaurant where they kept throwing dry ice on us? Oh yeah, that was the first. That's the night we got really yeah. inebriated. Yeah, they gave us all that. They get, remember they sent me home with a loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah. They gave me a free giant <laughs> loaf of bread, which was incredible. They gave us free dessert. They yeah. gave us free shots of black balsam. Yeah, 
Oh, that's where it all started. That was wild, man. And then most recently was the DeMar DeRozan feature, right? Oh, that's right. With TSN. Yeah. I had completely Shout forgot about that. Shinetti. Shinetti uh, was on the podcast recently. Yeah. If you haven't listened to him, check it out. But uh, again, it's, it's neat coming across these people as you work that just... Because Matt is an excellent example of someone that wanted to not just be in his lane. Like, yeah, yeah, I do this one thing, but I also want to be able to explore these other things. Absolutely. And uh, when it comes to to a creator, he's great. He he has a really unique vision and how he sees things and a, and a very unique talent of telling parts of a story. I think the DeMar one, when when he says a cooler is a fridge and, and newspapers for blinds or yep, something, yep. I would not have the balls to get DeMar to talk about that and Matt just, he has that through line and he just knows the story he wants to tell and does a great job doing it. Absolutely. I yeah, know he has a really unique way of connecting with the athletes too yeah. and, and get, getting them on, on board for these amazing projects. And I'm just grateful that we were able to, able to be a part of it. I, really big lenses. Very big lenses. Really, really oh big lenses. Goodness. They were Cook anamorphics for anyone who's nerds like us. My biceps got considerably larger just from one day of shooting. Yeah. I think I threw up my back. <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever you had an easy rig for some of it oh jeez, yeah but uh, no that was yeah that was that was cool just you know, driving with damar to the acc mm-hmm. sitting sitting in the passenger seat it was a really nice car yeah I yeah know. yeah it was and, well he's in his moment of preparation yeah, yeah before a game we didn't we didn't we didn't say a single word because i didn't want to be that guy to get him out of his rhythm and yeah. out of his zone um, but yeah, I know we pulled up, pulled up to the parking spot, uh, underground at the ACC. And I said, man, thank you for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I said, man, no worries. And, th- and that was it. That was the only, only interaction. We drove for an hour together. Holy smokes. Yeah. So we're going to switch a gear. We've, I've kept you for way longer than an hour and I appreciate it. Yeah. Man. Before you go, I did this with Jeff Garriock when he was on and I want to do it with you as well. Okay. Because you have like, we vibe on a way different level and that's the really nerdy techie level. Right. <laughs> so if there's one or two pieces of gear right now and I think because I think there's enough people out there that will either skip over this part or re- skip to this part right. because they really want to know if you're I don't even want to say an amateur if you're just a filmmaker you know and you're not on the 150 million dollar budget line what are a couple pieces of gear that you love right now a couple mm-hmm. a couple really nerdy geeky things that uh, we can expose people to so my my go-to personal camera is the Panasonic GH5 and you know i i i wanted to find something that i was able to just bring with me wherever i go because mm-hmm. my my girlfriend and i love 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 to travel mm-hmm. um and i wanted something small enough that i could just bring with me that it takes great photos that that it takes awesome video and i was just you know so like whenever i travel for work i'm so used to bringing pelican cases and heavy backpacks and just yeah. sweating my ass off bringing this gear around that i want to have something that could just fit in a backpack um so funny enough that that might be the only piece of gear that that I own. I own a tripod, a monopod, yep. and a Panasonic GH5 with one lens. Well, um, what lens? Uh, the t- the 12 to 35, and and then I also have the 7 to 14, which which wow. I, which I which I rarely use. But yeah, it's just a, I think it's like a, it's like a 24 to 70 equivalent right. on, on the micro four thirds. But uh, just like the image that you're able to get from this little camera. The most recent video that I did was a little trip video to Hawaii back mm-hmm. in December. Um, if, if you, if you want to check it out, it's on my Vimeo page. Um, Ooh, plugging. Yeah, I know. Oh, Alex Anthony video. What's your Vimeo page? Vimeo.com slash. Uh, 
Oh, is it a user number? No. Do they do user numbers? I think they do. They do, but I, I, think, so, I, think, I think it's just Alex Anthony. So just search Alex Anthony on Vimeo. Yeah. If you can't uh, spell it, just give up now. <laughs> no, it's just it's just amazing because this uh, little camera, my uh, girlfriend and I, we went, went for hikes. We rented a Mustang. We went in this open door helicopter tour. And the fact that I was able just to hold this camera handheld out the door of, of a helicopter flying over Oahu and just getting rock steady, amazing footage. It was it was it was unbelievable, and then also kind of going back to, to to my style of shooting. Like I like to be a fly on the wall. I like to kind of enhance real life and, and just kind of capture capture th- those moments without you know pe- people noticing you that you, that you have this big big uh, big camera and, and, and a lot of gear. So I think I think having that, especially when we travel, uh, is is awesome. Uh, we are going to Portugal and That's Spain right. in about three weeks, so you can expect another video to come. Actually, after. funny enough, you might when are you going there? Uh, July 10th to the 21st. I think we're going to be in Spain during the finals of the World Cup. I think you might be there cool. as this comes out. Okay. So I hope you're enjoying Spain, bud. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll make sure to send you a text. Yeah. Say hi. Fun. Check in on you. <laughs> you bring your Panasonic GH5. It'll be there. Yeah. And I've, I've been I've been on the on the fence of buying a buying a drone for for a long time too. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I've I've uh, a little I've, Mavic Pro. A little Mavic Pro. Yeah. Ma- Mavic Air now the uh, new one. It's e- it's even smaller. And, of course and it is. Cool things, but uh, freaking guys. But yeah, just to be able to have you know an amazing camera and an option to do aerial footage yeah. that could fit in your jacket pocket is unbelievable. And it's just crazy to see the advances that the gears made over the past five years, even. So personally, I disagree with everything Alex said, and I just want to go on the record of saying that I am very much the big camera guy. I want the biggest, most elaborate setup, but why I think you saying that was important and what would be encouraging for everyone is the fact that you don't need like the $40,000 camera setup for sure. to accomplish something that looks great. And, and your, uh, that video is a great example. Win the day. You have pieces in that, yep. which is the, uh, the the Ergo stock piece. There's pieces in that that was shot with the GH5, uh, and you have some really really beautiful stuff captured with something that I naturally wouldn't pick up to use. Right. But that's what's cool. And I was told this ages ago, and at first I was like, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I was told not to get caught up in the gadgetry, mm-hmm. but to make sure you have a clear and concise story. And uh, recently, Toronto had the Toronto International Film Festival happening in town. And that is an excellent example each and every year how you don't need something crazy yep. to to showcase a great piece of work. Because nine times out of ten, it's... First of all, how I've been caught a thousand times with not having the perfect clip and having to use something else. Right. But what guides it through is the story. Yep. And, so, and so it doesn't matter if you have a, a meek... GH, no, I'm joking. A 60D or a GH5 yeah, or yeah. 70D or a Canon 5D. I'm going to rhyme off a whole whack of crap. Sony A7S, you know, if you want to support the better brands. Um, or the FS5, which you <laughs> shot on for quite some time. Yeah. FS7, which I shoot on a lot, yeah. where you go up into into the various red lines and the um, airy lines as well. Yeah. The equipment doesn't matter. If you have a crappy storyline, no matter what you throw at it, no one's going to watch it. Sit there, know what you want to emote, yep. know, know what you want to convey, what you want to share with someone, yeah. and then work to, towards that yeah. because you can always substitute a bad piece of footage or, or whatever. You cannot substitute a bad story. I could not agree more with that. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, having, you know, as a 
as a filmmaker, you always want to try and, you know, try the new piece of gear and try to, you know, you know, like on, on this shoot, you're using the small camera. Next, next one, you're going to use FS5, FS7, Red, Alexa, whatever. But, and sometimes I find myself getting, getting caught up in the gear a lot, mm-hmm. which is, which is, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's all about the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think back to, to when I started, I started with no gear, yeah, no gear. And then, you know, you, you, you slow, slowly start to build out your, your arsenal, but like the stuff you're, you're able to put together with nothing, nothing. It's yeah. yeah I know. So just, just like, a camera and an idea. Yeah. 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 So I you know it, it's uh, very easy to, to get caught up in the latest and greatest because there's something new coming out every seven days. There is. And it's, and it's exhausting. Uh, and expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Very Dang expensive, expensive hobby that we have. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. goodness we found a way to, sometimes make money at no it kidding. no kidding <laughs> a little bit <laughs> uh and if i've learned it actually if you taught me anything collaborate as much as you can you know one of the greatest pleasures so far in my career has been working with you and if i can then encourage anyone else to do anything find someone who's really talented and latch on really hard because they'll take you really <laughs> really far alex i'm so glad you're able to come thank you so thank much, you man. this is like months and months and months in the works I know. finally i was just like let's do it this day i think i finally asked that's what it was we yeah. talked about it but i never really officially asked yeah. so i got down on one knee and said alex yeah, it was like a promposal over email it was so. completely it was a pod posal actually oh, that's what i like to call it oh, always oh, one step so ahead good. anthony if you haven't, you probably know this. We like to end every podcast the same way because it's important to me. If you want to make changes in your life or in the, like we all want to make a positive change in the world, but the most encouraging way to do it is to start in the most simplest forms, because I believe if you can't do something good for yourself. You can't do something good to others. So I like when we end to tell everyone to please take care of themselves and eat their vegetables because the most simplest thing that we can do to make a positive influence in our own life is to eat vegetables. Alex, I really appreciate it for myself, from Dylan, who decided not to show up for today's podcast, fuck you, Dylan, to Luca editing it, from all of us here at The Stringer, please, please, please be good to yourself. And remember to eat your vegetables. Because the football player said so, slash filmmaker. They both start with F. One more thing. Oh, you want to say one more thing? One more thing that might go back at the beginning, but... uh, Oh, it's like a postscript. Yeah, PS. PS. PS, PS. PPS. So aside from football and filmmaking, Uh there's one other thing that I want to learn how to do. Cook? Play the sax. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,